Yo, welcome to the Zillionaires Podcast, where we mainly talk about Seattle-related sports topics and other things as well. I'm your host and moderator, Solo, from Brooklyn. What up, what up, y'all? This is Chisler from Seattle, Washington. They call me the wizard of Washington sports. Every night I gaze into my crystal ball and see the future of what's going down. What's up, guys? This is Krusty from Yakima. I wear my fandom on my sleeve. I get crazy, I get emotional, and I like to throw down ultimatums. Let's have some fun. All right, we're back. Episode 8. You know, I've started every single episode, 1 through 7, with I can't believe we're starting another episode. (laughs) In case you haven't noticed. So tonight, I thought I'd switch it up a little bit and say I can believe... We're on episode eight, and here's a couple of reasons why. One, somehow we've managed to pull 100 listeners on iTunes. Is that correct, Chisler? I think we're at 106 for the week. 106 listens, which is kind of amazing. That's more than the last. There must be a lot of list- like spam bots out there that just listen to podcasts <laughs> in like other countries. There's just another, you know, a robot just clicking on the button. Uh, this is it's, it. Doesn't make any sense. Well, I didn't tell this- you guys, but I actually did listen 85 times this week. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There we go. <laughs> From 85 different ca- uh, children in your, yeah. in your camp. So, so you can have unique, unique listens. Do they even count that anymore, Chisler? Did they call them unique? Yeah, so that's the thing. is I, I don't actually know that, but I would guess that they would, they would all have to be unique. Yeah, there's no way that... Well, who knows? Maybe... I mean, I listen to it like once, I think, each time. I've actually had to listen to it like three times. Well, one while we do it, I edit it. And then I have to listen. I listen to it usually like when it's up on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Goes, you know. But uh, I have to say, the other day I had this dream. I didn't. I can't believe I didn't tell you guys this. This is how much we've been doing this. I had this dream the other day that I was hanging out with Pete Carroll. I don't know where I was <laughs> or <laughs> or why I, was I have that dream out with every him. night. By the way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chisler, this is the best part of the dream. Okay. So I'm hanging out with Pete, and I'm like, holy shit. At one point, I'm like, I can't believe I'm talking to Pete Carroll. So I text you, Chisler. I'm like, Chisler, I'm hanging out with Pete Carroll right now. <laughs> and you kind of are like, what? You're like, you respond right away. But you're just kind of like, this is crazy. And I'm like, I know. So as I'm hanging out with him, I go, you know what, man? I know a guy who's like, one of my best friends is like your biggest fan. I shouldn't say one. My best friend. <laughs> Next to Krusty is 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 your biggest fan. He's read your book. His name is Chisler. And he's like, oh, well, why don't you give him a call and I'll, I'll talk to him right now. I'm like, dude, that would make his day if I did this I'm right waiting now. waiting for the day, dude. Waiting yeah. for the day. So after I had texted you and said I'm hanging with him, like it must have been 10 minutes later and I just call you up. And you pick up right away, but you're being Chisler, and you're just going, you're doing something really goofy to say hello, like, yeah, like how we usually do, just stupid shit. And I'm like, dude, stop talking. Like, Pete's, like, walking away from me. And I'm like, yo, okay, hold up. He wants to talk to you, dude. Hold on. And I just throw the phone to Pete. Pete grabs it, and I look down. And he picks up the phone and he's like talking to you and he's like, you, I can hear you on the phone being like, dude, I'm so sorry that I said that stuff about you. And he's like, man, 
Don't worry about it, man. Uh, I take no offense to all that criticism on your podcast. He said he lost the locker room and, and Solo's apologizing for you. Oh my like, God. The funny thing is, is you didn't say, like, you didn't really criticize him, but, like, I heard him being like, no, man, look, it happens all the time. I totally get it, man. It's like, this is what, this is the world I'm in. And at one point, I'm like, man, he's, you know, you guys are kind of butt upping. And I look over and I'm like, wait a minute. He's on a BlackBerry. That's not my iPhone that I handed it to him. And I realized that he was like bullshitting this conversation with you the whole time and like put my <laughs> phone into his pocket because he was like, hell no, I'm not going to talk to your friend. <laughs> oh, oh, that's God. hilarious. So, you know what? Know. Is, and I was while like, you were saying that, I was like, that almost exact story happened with Steve Wozniak, who is also another like huge pillar of mine. You like hit me up one night and you were like, I'm here talking with Steve Wozniak. <laughs> That's right, I did. And then you like hooked me up with his business card afterwards. That was so fly. So oh, I don't put it past you, dude. This this is, might have been a premonition. <laughs> I don't even think it was a dream. I think it was a premonition. You were looking at oh, your no. crystal ball, man. The, the you know wizard. what's funny? I... And that's probably why I had that dream, actually, is because I did forget about that Wozniak moment. Where And then I gave you the card the next – actually, I forgot to give you the card, and I told my dad I was going to give you the card. <laughs> and then during – after the show, he's like, yo, so uh, where's this uh, gift you're going to give me? And I was like, oh, yeah, the card. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this story is actually right where I was thinking this thing was going to go th- today because <clears throat> I can tell from the chatter on the text between us all – we're basically all podcastaholics at this point. We are so on top of it. It's like eating our brains away from the inside out. I went to the Thai restaurant and I ordered like pod Thai instead of pad Thai, you know? I was like looking at all the movies on cable and it was like, oh, there's Tom Hanks in Podcast Away. And I was like, what? This doesn't make sense. I'm just, I'm seeing it well, everywhere. I, oh, there's clouds in the sky. I, it's over podcast. <laughs> Let me jump in really quick and, and you know, anyone who listened to the last episode is probably sitting there thinking, geez, did Krusty have a stroke at the end of that last episode? <laughs> um, so I do got to say to the listeners that, uh, yeah, Krusty works a lot of hours this time of the year and was real wore out and had a little too much wine. And his uh, favorite sports story was, was pretty hard to understand and uh, was a little... <laughs> Wait, wait, we we so. we called you on that right after the episode, yeah, like wound wound up. And we were like, "Wow, Krusty, you were kind of slurring your words there at the end." And you were like, yeah, you, yeah, were, "You were like, oh, I only, I only had two beers and a bottle of wine." <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> okay, that was my favorite part. Whole afternoon today, but yeah, I, no, I just real wore out. So anyway, but I'm coming in hot and ready and focused and uh, get back on board. He's coming in like Little Caesars. (laughs) (laughs) Like Little Caesars, hot and ready, baby. (laughs) Oh, a little too excited about the podcast, the the last last episode, I guess. But um, no, it's all good, man. Hey, it happens to the best of us. I believe that second second episode was words in that second one too. I think. Yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, before we get into our main topics, though, speaking of uh, of Pete. You know, one of the things when we talked to in whatever episode that was that we covered Pete Carroll and kind of where he's at and philosophy and legacy and all that kind of stuff. One of the things that I forgot to bring up that I find pretty fascinating for me as a sports fan, I I am definitely like when we talked about Colin Kaepernick, I am definitely the type of fan that when you become a bad guy for me and my fandom and my team, 
That is not something I easily let go of. Like I, I, you are on it. And when Pete Carroll got hired at the Seahawks, I knew he was a good football coach from a like winning standpoint, but he was a bad guy. I'm a University oh, of Washington. Hated it like oh, I hated it, dude. He was one of the biggest villains in college football, in my opinion. And as a hardcore college football fan and fan of the Huskies, University of Washington, uh, I mean, he'd beaten me so many times. And I just, I was disgusted by it. And he did leave, you know, that program with some sanctions and some issues. Like, it was oh, not yeah, a clean, I'm sure you thought he was. Clean leave from there. And so you I thought was he was really, a dirty old man, I'm sure. Yeah, I was really disappointed. So for me to come so far around with him, it's. He's probably the only sports figure that has been that level of a villain to then also become that level of like a hero guy for me. That whole Reggie Bush scandal, all yeah. that stuff. What about the firing when he when he was like with the Patriots and the Jets? Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably thought he was a washout, you know? In some well, way. no. I mean, he won national. I, I couldn't argue with the success that he had created at, at USC, although I did think he was kind of dirty. Yeah, exactly. He's not. He's not like. He's not like SEC, like Alabama, LSU, dirty. Like that's a whole different <laughs> level there. Florida. I mean, whatever he went through with Bush and all that, it's like, come on. So the guy maybe took a couple of dollars to help pay some rent and stuff, and maybe help his mom pay rent. Like it wasn't. I didn't think it was the biggest crime in the century. We're talking football here, you know. It's like I don't even think it is a crime. <laughs> it's I like mean, what's the, the big rules, deal? Though? I mean, if you're yeah, a leader, yeah, yeah, and okay, and like nobody else is doing yeah, it. I mean, if you're going to be a leader of men it. and teach all that crap, you can't then also break the rules. No, but everybody knows what time it is that's involved in it. They're like, whatever, dude. They know they're all doing it. It's been going on forever. And, you know, the reason why they went after him is because they won. And that's the only reason. And they had, like, Snoop Dogg on the sidelines. They had a big national attention. I mean, they were a big media. Big target. Circus. Yeah, I mean, they did ask for it. But it's like, you know. And, and, you know, it's funny. I've actually had people come up to me and, like, try to, like, talk shit about the Seahawks and they'll be like, well, why do you hate on him so much? And they'll bring up that situation. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're going to bring up that and be like, well, he's a cheater and this and that. I'm like, come on. Like, it's really hard to cheat when you're playing a football game while it's happening. I mean, he's a good coach. He may have maybe pulled a couple of shady things to win a few games, but it's not like he was on, like not like bribing referees or anything. No, as a fan, the, as the a fan, big, I don't even care. You know, like we yeah, don't, we don't, cares? we don't have to have the same level of scrutiny about the rules. Some rules are just idiotic. As a yeah, fan, it's if, stupid. If somebody's like you know going to celebrate in the end zone or like Jimmy Graham dunking his ball over the goalpost, and that becomes a rule, oh my god, that's just a dumb rule. As it's, a fan, well, they're switching it up. I don't sure. have to care. In college, so, like, you know they're relaxing on that, right? This in college, yeah, those players are, those those players aren't getting paid yet. They're making billions for the team. I mean, oh, yeah. we can all put I it into perspective sh- a little well, bit. Well, no, I agree. Yeah. You can argue that the system is flawed, but if the system is the system, you still have to operate within it. You don't get to just choose to change the system all by yourself. And no, that's also thinking is, nobody else is doing those same things. Though. Yeah, if, no, I'm not saying that. It, I'm not, it's kind of like PEDs in baseball. Everybody was doing it, so it is against that's the rules, but you got to keep up, too. Yeah, I everybody was I doing it, and they, you know, because one person, they, they obviously made it. Uh, I think we agree They want to make an example out of USC for that, and they took all those wins away and whatever. I mean, it's happened many different sports and many different things, so whatever. I see your I want to talk about... Uh, 
the late Cortez Kennedy, which is the proper way to use the word late, I believe. Uh, cool. <laughs> I believe Cressy said the late Golden Tate the other day. <laughs> uh, this is, is shocking, really man. News. This is shocking. Yeah, very shocking. 48, 48 years, years old. old. Yep. A Hall of Fame defensive tackle. Third round pick, I believe, right? Overall. Uh, third overall pick out of Miami. In third Miami, he was the... Uh, he was the national champion MVP MVP of the team that year, and they won a national championship beating Alabama. Uh, just, I mean, I, I will start, you know, sad. And from everything you hear and read, he was an incredibly nice, good dude, great teammate, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'll just tell a quick little story. Uh, in 92 was the year that he uh, was the defensive MVP of the NFL. And I want you to try to picture a defensive tackle doing this now. He was on a 2-14 and 14 Seahawks team. They Whoa. won two games. Mm. And he was the defensive MVP as a defensive tackle. Now, That's only, only, I believe, four or five other guys have ever won the defensive MVP as a defensive, defensive tackle. Warren Sapp, uh, another Seahawk actually did it, uh, Green. Did it, I think, two times, maybe even. But uh, but but he won on a two and fourteen team. You can't win an award now if you're not a playoff team. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not about who's the best player. But he had fourteen sacks as a defensive tackle that year. That's insane. That's insane. And so my 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 story is that as a high school football player, I was a defensive tackle. And, and, and as we said in one of the earlier episodes when I chose Walter Jones as my favorite player, Cortez Kennedy is pretty high up there for me also. But, uh, but I loved defensive line a lot more than offensive line. We said I played offensive guard. But I, I literally, like when I put my hands down in the dirt, like lining up on the line of scrimmage, I, in my mind, was Cortez Kennedy. Like that is the dude that I like. <laughs> he was my idol. He's why I wanted to be a defensive tackle. Like Cortez Kennedy was the first football like superstar that I loved idol. and knew yeah. and idolized. Like, and I had never seen anybody who couldn't be stopped by a double team before, but you could double team him and he would still destroy you. Like, he was so big and chubby and still so fleet of foot and elusive and just oh such a great player. He was 300 pounds and fast. Yeah, over he was a, over he was a prototype, right? For, had, for basically any defensive tackle nowadays. Yeah. I mean, he was he's definitely like he, a uh, he he was the original. Did you get 14 played, sacks that year, Krusty? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of remember that. We and so he he did eight pro bowls which is the most of any Seahawk, I believe. Uh, 58 sacks. No, Walter must. Walter had more than eight uh, Pro Bowls. But he had 58 sacks. He was on I the... I love how every podcast still brings it back to Walter Jones. Ah! <laughs> it's a theme. It's a theme. Um, it's definitely a theme. He, he was also on the 90s All-Decade team. And then a funny little last side thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll move on, but uh, is that... When they came out with every single team as an option to play on Super Tech Mobile. So originally when Super Tech Mobile came out, it only had like six teams you could be. And when they came Mm -hmm. out with all the teams, the Seahawks were one of the worst teams on that game. No, they were the worst team on that game. They had no offense at all. (laughs) But Cortez Kennedy was unblockable. And you could move him around wherever you wanted him. 
And so you could line him up on the line and just like crush through and get a sack. You could get yeah, like, I remember like that. 12 hood, sacks hood, in a row. Hood, 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 hood. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was 10 yard hike, dude. <laughs> 10 yard fight. Sorry. So, and then the, the, the other piece of that, or I guess the actual last thing is we traded quite a bit to move up to get him in that third spot overall. And I could argue, I might argue that that might be the best first round, like move draft. Like that might be the best draft they pick they've ever made in the first round. Mm. Well, you could argue Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas was a great one too, but, but, but taking the gamble as a young team, trading all of those picks, moving up and getting Cortez Kennedy and then have him to play his entire career for your team. He was just, uh, oh, he was so awesome. Was that the Miami? You know, you said he came out of Miami. Was that the Miami like? That was the fact. That was the, the heyday that was the time. Ute. Yes, yes, the U. That, that is was, such uh, a great doco his, on. Yep, yeah, that ESPN. was the um, the Michael Irvin Miami. The mm-hmm. him, I mean, yeah, that was the Miami when they were dominating the national college football. So world. to take a risk on a, you know, to theoretically take a risk on a guy that's a part of a bunch of amazing players too is kind of cool. And to have yeah. him pan out, so, so good. And, you know, what I've appreciated today in, in hearing other people talk about him and, and what he brought, it seems like he really stayed connected to the Hawks. He stayed connected to the community. And all the players, you know, were shouting him out like he was a mentor to them today. So I think that's pretty cool, too, because life is bigger than football. You know, sometimes we have to remember that. And uh, he seemed to be a great representative of football and the NFL and also of himself and his family. So that's cool. They ha- yeah, he was definitely one of, like, to me, like, growing up in the 90s, like you were saying, Cresty, when we played football, like, he was definitely a huge player in my life as well because um, we didn't – Seattle really didn't have anybody in that at that era, in that time, too. He was it. He was, like, the man. It was like, oh, at least we have Tez, you know. It was like – he was so so much fun to have, and he was a national player. He was, you know, I felt like everybody knew who he was, and uh, it is, it was, it's sad. I mean, we maybe could go in a little bit of like, does anybody know why he died? I mean, they said he had headaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they we said don't know they, yet. They've, they've ruled out any kind of like foul play or anything. It was natural causes. And hey, man, when you're as a big guy myself, I'm not Cortez big, but as a big guy, when you're over 300 pounds in your 40s. Life's hard, dude, health-wise. Like, life's hard over so, 300 pounds in your 40s. So you're, like, one year there? <laughs> <laughs> did he have one of those cool-ass posters that they, you know, like, with, oh, like, yeah, he did. the Bosworth and, like, the, yeah, yeah. the sheriff and yeah. whatever? Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. Like, he, I saw something I'll today that was, like, he's the he had a, a, a T-Rex outfit or something on. He was the monster or whatever. And I thought, get, oh, those posters. Those posters were the bomb. Beast. Get onto YouTube and search uh, Cortez Kennedy fumble recovery for a touchdown. He had one fumble recovery for a touchdown his entire career. But he's 330 pounds, dude. So he comes off a block. The ball's rolling at his feet. And he scoops to pick it up. But it looks like it's hard. Like, it's like, it's like, he's like, <laughs> bad, like he's going to fall over. But then he picks it up and he's gone. He's like fleet yeah, of foot. Fast. Like. Like running, just like plowing over guys, like dudes can't catch him. It was such a cool play to watch. Awesome. I'll check that out. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty sad day. I mean, because then, like, Roger Moore died, and it, I, I kind of, like, that's how I woke up. I was like, oh, Roger Moore died. And then, like, it was like three hours later, Cortez died. And I was like, oh, okay, what trumps what? You know what I mean? It was kind of like, and then I go right to Seattle. They're talking, of course, they're talking about Cortez Kennedy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I read this. I I read this pretty sweet article, like maybe eight years ago, and it was like talking about how with the uh, just how connected we are with the internet and all that stuff, and um, that we're gonna start having these people who we looked up to or knew or celebrity or whatever, and they're just gonna be passing away, and it's just gonna, <clears throat> you know, every day when there's gonna be more and more names and more and more people and we're all going to go through this like kind of rapid grief for everybody and i i this article was eight years ago and it's so prescient today it's like it's exactly what's happening like it's so weird mm-hmm. because <clears throat> it we really are as we get older it's just this onslaught of <clears throat> just grief and death with all these people that we know uh well, looked up and the to. other the other fascinating piece to that is now because of this world of indie, video and, and internet and everything is that when one of those people pass away, we still can go watch them and listen to them and hear hours yeah. of their opinions and voices and performances. You know what I mean? So, so it, it gives you all this to obsess over when you're in that grief and stuff. Yeah. 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 I, one thing that does bother me nowadays though, is like, for instance, when Chris Cornell died last week, mm-hmm. and, which is really sad and, and you know he was he was definitely a big influence on me in my life as a musician and and he I mean Soundgarden was one of the first bands that I really really liked from I that loved era. Him. Loved him. Yeah, and it was even before Nirvana. Like my brother was yes. like, "You got to check this out," and and I got Bad Motorfinger and and I was like, "Okay, this is some other stuff." It just blew my mind away. It doesn't even sound like music. I actually went back and and started listening to it. Obviously, like I'm sure like a lot of people did. Yeah, and I was like listening. Just some of those songs, like Jesus Christ Pose, it's like the way that song was constructed and put together, it just blows my mind that that's, that was even considered music. Because <laughs> even to, when I hear it today, I'm trying to put it together. And the way the way they constructed the song and the way his voice is and the way it goes over it, it's just incredible. And Just and, that it's uh, not pop music? Is that what you're saying? That it's not like following uh, the formula? or Well, yeah, exactly. It's not exactly this... Ex- I mean, the songwriting formula of it, it, it's, it, it does have a verse and it has a, a, it does have a chorus. I mean, it's all like normal stuff, but it's just what it is and how it was uh-huh. put together. Like what the chorus is, isn't this traditional, huge anthemous sounding, yeah. is that a word? Anthemic sounding chorus um, that you would have at that time. And, and, and just the way it was put together really blew my mind right. at, at that when I would, you know, looking back to when I listened to it, I'm like, wow, like, I didn't even know what it was. I just thought this was this really incredible song with this incredible beat that was going and um, all these different parts. But now I, as, a, as a more mature person and musician, when I listen to it, I can hear it with different ears. And it still blows me away. I'm like, that that's incredible. But I guess my point was, I was long-winded. My point is, is now when someone dies, is especially as a musician, like, because last year we had Prince and David Bowie, when yeah. they go online, and it, it might be, I don't have a lot of professional athletes that I'm friends with, but with musicians, they, they all have to, like, put their, like, tribute of, like, I was so influenced by this mm. guy, and then here's me covering a song three years ago in a venue, and they use it as a way to, like, promote themselves yeah, somehow, yeah. like, when someone uh, okay. dies. That starts to bother me a little bit, because I'm like, look, like, 
and not I'm not hating on people that do that that like I don't want because anybody that listens is that did that I'm not saying that's bad I'm just saying that as for me I can't like get involved with that yet and it's only because I don't know how to deal with with death really very well still like yeah. I don't know how to to deal with it so I just don't really I don't acknowledge it online I don't talk about it I just kind of let it be. You it's know? crazy yeah. we have to move on so fast. I mean, you brought up Chris yeah. Cornell, and I was like, oh, my God, that totally happened, like, three days ago. And I yeah. already had to, like, box it up, put it away, stash it in the back of my head, yeah. and move on. Who's going next? You know, it's, it's And I guess the reason why I brought it up is because I was listening to a podcast this morning with Mark Marin when he interviewed him two years ago. I just saw that he put that up, and I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to it. And like you were saying, Krusty, like, there's all this stuff. And here I am listening to a guy that just killed himself a couple years ago, and it was like, as if it didn't even happen. I listen. You know? I listen to that one too. It's good. Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. good. And Mar- Mar- just, Marin's amazing, though. He's I do he's like such him. a good interviewer. Yeah. yeah, he is. This is hilarious. I'll, I'll wrap up this whole. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Is this a sports podcast? Yeah. Well, I'll bring, I'll bring it back around by saying that uh, I had the opportunity to listen to, as I'm sure thousands and thousands of people did, but I had the opportunity to re-listen to both Tez's Hall of Fame induction speech which I think is one of the better ones ever mm. because he's just really real. Like it was just Tez. Yeah. He didn't like, like get all like formal or anything. Like he was just being real. He talked to his daughter and he talked to like yeah. all the old coaches. And it was just, it was, I was crying, dude. It was awesome. And then also I listened and watched uh, the video, which was much, much shorter, just a couple minutes, but of when they put him into the ring of honor at halftime during one of the games. And that, too, was just so amazing. And he was always one of those guys, both as a player and afterwards, that was, like, really, really in tune with the 12s and really appreciative of the 12s. He yeah. always talked about that. He talked about that in his Hall of Fame speech about, you know, about the fans and the 12. And so I always appreciated that about him as well. Shout out to the Hawks, because I think they do a really good job with that stuff, actually. I think they do a really good job of honoring the people and giving them the, the space to to be who they are and, and say what they want to say in that moment and make it about them. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel like in Seattle and we we're good at that. So that's cool. That's definitely true. Well, let's talk about next year though. Let's, let's switch subjects a little bit. Our uh, guest centaur actually brought up, he couldn't make it tonight, but he, um, he was mentioning that next year in free agency, there, uh, is going to be, Jimmy Graham and Cam Chancellor are both free agents, and he was saying, who do you think you would rather have? And I think that's an interesting topic. So let's start with Chisler. What do you think? So, like, who would we re-up or who would we keep if we yeah. could only who, keep one? Who, who are you investing in? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm, I love Cam. Cam, brought the, Cam brings the fire. But <clears throat> the last two years, the, the tight end position – has been killing us because Cam is having struggling covering that tight end position as they, you know, go up the middle and <clears throat> he's been burned quite a few times. So Jimmy's had his problems. Let's say I think Jimmy's problems have been more the scheme more around trying to get him, work him into the offense rather than him, him being a lackluster player or not delivering the goods. I think Jimmy's going to be more expensive to re-up. Cam is going to be cheaper. Cam's a huge facet in the locker room. There's a lot of little intricate pieces to this. Um, I think in the end, 
I think the ball, the 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 money in the Seahawks is going to move from the defense to the offense. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think Schneider's going with Jimmy Graham and re-upping Jimmy Graham, and they might let Cam walk. Uh, and I'd say if I were GM, that'd be the choice I'd make too. And and that's and that's no shade against Cam. I mean, absolutely no shade against Cam. Cam, I think, brought this team to the Super Bowl, got us that win. And it kills me to say that we have to pick one. You know, I'd say let's let's find some other solution. But I think the question is, we only can take one. Yeah, correct. I'd take I'd take Jimmy. Really, really fascinating point that you brought up there, Chisler, that I like to address is that. What we've, what I think has come out a lot more in this last year, especially with some of his holdout and some of his injury stuff the last couple of years, is is your point that I do think Cam, they've all pretty much said, even, even Pete has said, that Cam is the leader. He is the defensive yeah. leader, period. He is the locker room guy. He's the guy who gets guys' heads on straight. He's the guy who motivates guys. Like, he is the dude. And you so, know what made me realize that? Okay, really quick one. Remember Real Rob Report when Mike Rob was here and he would take his video camera and he would go around the locker room and get the player's perspective, right? It was one of my favorite little moments of that was Mike Rob pulls the camera, takes it over to Kristen Michael, and Kristen Michael is known in the locker room as being a bit of a rapper. He's a good freestyle rapper. He's a good rapper, whatever. And he starts rapping and he's saying stuff about getting weed and doing this and buying weed and guns and whatever. And Cam is just sitting in the back and he goes, yo, what are you doing? We don't talk about weed. We don't do that. We don't do, you know, like, yeah, this is the Seahawks. He's he's being a professional. This is the Seahawks. He's like the dad. But he also just, I mean, nobody else was even paying, you know, they were all vibing on it. They were like, Chris Michael's rapping, yeah. and they were all swaying and getting into it, you know. And he had this thought, he was like, why are you representing that for our team? Like, that doesn't represent me. You better cool out. And he totally put him in his place as the vet to the young rookie who had the swag, which, you know, it's kind of sad that it has to happen because I don't think it's a pr- crime to t- rap about weed or anything, but it just made me realize that he does lay it down in that locker room yep. uh, from a, from a real professional standpoint, let's just say it's not about like, I'm sure he doesn't care one way or the other, but he was totally being a pro. One of the points well, he learned a lot though from, uh, he learned a lot from that when Sherman kind of went off and, and did his thing, they all learned a lot when that happened, when he went, Beast mode at the end of a, <laughs> the the the, the championship NFC Championship game. game against 49ers. Obviously, I mean, he didn't even do anything really that wrong, except for he was just so emotional in that warrior phase. Yeah, and they were like, "Wow, if you like, look how much you can influence an entire world by just four seconds of a soundbite." Yeah, and. I think that's where they all learn. Like, wait a minute, this is like what you portray and what you say is so real. Especially at this level, I'm sure that's been that was locked into his mind since yeah. then. And and and, and Kristen, Mike, Kristen Michael didn't have any of that. Like you know, he didn't have that foresight and be like, awareness. He still, like yeah. he, he was wearing chains and stuff. Remember, they were all saying he was all into being like a rapper and stuff, and they yeah. didn't like his attitude. And well, I'll tell you one, know, of, one of the say? one of the times I realized or got that vibe of how Cam was the dad or the whatever 
is when they drafted uh, Frank Clark. And there was that kind of, you know, there's these issues and concerns with him and blah, blah, blah. Oh, you guys took a gamble. And they asked a question to two guys. I think it was like Sherm or maybe, no, it was Bobby Wagner, I think maybe, and a defensive lineman. Like, I don't remember which defensive lineman. And both of them, when they said, like, do you think this is going to be a problem or be a distraction? And basically they both, when you boil it down, they both said, not with Cam Chancellor. He'll take care of that. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Other players oh, were okay. referencing him being the, yeah. the, the alpha dog. He's yeah. just the alpha dog. He's the alpha dog. And so to my to that point, and as Cam Chancellor is my favorite current Seahawk. Right. This is a really emotional question for me because I do acknowledge that Cam's body has been breaking down a little bit. I do acknowledge that maybe he's lost a step on some of this covering tight end stuff. Although with some of that covering tight end stuff, I still think that a lot of that is scheme and needs to be a scheme fix. Like once you see a, once you see a weakness like that, then it's the job of the defensive coordinator to fix that with scheme. Um, and and as more more of as more of I thought about it, I also think while I think Jimmy Graham and uh, Russ could be really really explosive and amazing this year, and be beneficial, I also think that there's a lot of put of young potential from a receiving standpoint, like on this offense. I really think that Paul Richardson's had just a stroke of bad luck. I don't think he's injury prone. I think he's had some like really bad luck injuries. And I think Richardson could be really, really good. Baldwin's still really, really good. I think some of the young guys, if they can hit, and I, I like Luke Wilson uh, still. So, uh, and they got Nick Vanette back, which is a blocking back. He's not going to be a Jimmy Graham. So I think the offense could actually survive without Jimmy Graham and still yeah, be good. Yeah, that's but true. But the defense without Cam, from that leadership standpoint and that enforcer standpoint, maybe can't. I mean, there's. There's a we had Kelsey McRae. We had Kelsey McRae for like five, four or five ga- games. Well, and, and keep we in mind, didn't, we didn't that, fall off too bad. No, we didn't. And I also think that uh, that you know we already had the whole coverage of what I think about our draft. So I think yeah. that there are safeties in the wings that could be really good as well. So this is a really hard decision for me. I I, I see it even. I see if Jimmy Graham and Russell Wilson go off this next year, could you trade Jimmy Graham for a lot? You know, if you could get him a big statistical year with Russ this year, then he might be a hot commodity to get rid of, you know? So I, I don't necessarily agree that the money is going to switch to offense. I I think Pete showed us with this draft that this is a defensive team first, and it's always going to be a defensive team first. I think, uh, I think as a fan, I would keep Cam. I think from a pure economics decision or like future decision, I guess I would probably keep Jimmy. So it's, it's hard for me. I think Jimmy could be better in four years from now for you than cam could. I think cam is yeah. closer to the end of his career, but as a I fan, it, right? I want cam cause I'm worried about what it could mean for that defense as a whole without having him gelling. Yeah. I just think it all pans out on this year. I mean, I see your points and um, I kind of agree with both of them because Last year, it, it was the first time Jimmy, Jimmy and uh, Russell started getting some chemistry a little bit, right? Like, they started to actually kind of connect. It started to look like they had kind of a thing going, and I think that all depends on how this season goes. If if it comes back, it's stronger, they're going to keep Jimmy. If it starts to fade a little bit and maybe 
you know, Luke comes up and starts doing well, yeah, then I think it'll go to, to Cam. I mean, I really, I, I don't think I can really pick it right now. We, we should too- definitely do an, an end of the season wrap up episode, which we'll do. And in Dude, that, that would ep- be like number 108. I know, I know. Like, I in, in that wrap up episode, this will be a whole different discussion. I feel like we'll have That's a true. very it's- we'll have a very clear picture, <clears throat> unless Cam stays healthy and plays well, and Jimmy goes off. You save more money if you actually get rid of Jimmy because Jimmy makes more than Cam. So that's another. A that's a sticky him. point too. Exactly. Because no you one's taking Cam. No one's taking nobody, Cam. He's too old. He he's not going to get a huge contract. He'll get a contract. But the the thing I was thinking about it made me kind of snort when you were talking. I was remembering, you know, Cam has got a freaking chiseled. Just all muscle body. He's oh just, yeah, he's he's a, he's a super specimen. If his freaking <laughs> ankles and whatnot could could stay healthy, I mean, he'd be. It wouldn't even be a contest to me in this this uh, debate here. But <clears throat> I was thinking of just the fact that Earl flew into Cam and just hit him with his legs, and it broke. Earl's legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It broke Earl's he legs. Also broke, he just, also broke Sherman's elbow that one couple seasons ago yeah, at the end of the playoffs. I mean, that dude is just rock, a rock running around. He it's is. amazing. So, and it's shout amazing out to Kim. that we're. It's amazing that we would debate between two players when one player has been like one of the best defensive players we've ever had and helped us win a Super Bowl and. I think should have been the actual Super Bowl MVP of that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and the other one really hasn't done anything. So nope. he's been a disappointment. Yeah, well, he has been a disappointment yeah. overall. Especially now, in the red lot, zone where they thought theoretically brought him. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing that we're even having this conversation. But but it is mm-hmm. a but it's a legitimate one. I mean, it's it's real. Yeah, like. Like I said, we we gotta see how the season pans out. I mean, at this point, I mean it's hard to tell, but I hope it's, um, I hope we don't make the decision. I hope we get them both. That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, let's switch over to the NBA. I mean, right now it's kind of interesting because, uh, well, obviously, Golden State is in. They just swept the Spurs, and I don't know what's the game looking like right now. They it looked like the Cleveland came back. Like they're the, up ninety eight ninety two with six minutes left. Ninety eight. Right, they're up. Well, yeah, LeBron James They're had four fouls win. in the first half and had to sit on the bench for like a super ton of time. And during that or before that, Boston was ahead. So Cleveland Cleveland came back without LeBron somewhat. Yeah. I don't think that I don't think Celtics are gonna make it. I mean, I, I do think it's gonna be again Cavs Golden State. Um Maybe LeBron might be having a couple of bad games here. They still should have won the other night, even without, even with LeBron having a horrible game. It wasn't like, but but overall, they got LeBron. The first two games of this series, LeBron played like the best yeah. basketball anyone's ever seen. Like, yeah, and then they blew them out. But then he has like a bad game, and they still almost win. I mean, they don't win, but they should have. Yeah, they had multiple chances to win that game. Like, and it, here's the thing: they would if they would have won that game, <clears throat> a couple of. Missed shots, or it was like they only won by three points with like a last minute three to t- to to pull it up. It wasn't like they didn't blow them out or anything. And and LeBron had a horrible game. He didn't even score with like the last sixteen minutes of the game or something like that. But so, so what's the question here? Oh, sorry. The question is: is who do you think? How do you think the finals is going to play out this year? All right. Think about this though, but but before we give our predictions on the finals, 
if LeBron makes, if they do, if they get to this finals, this will be his eighth straight NBA seventh. final. No, he's seventh, gone right? to seven already, right? Oh, yeah. No, I think he's been to six. Is six it? straight. Okay. So oh, I don't gonna, know. I'm, I, I thought he'd already done check seven. <laughs> I thought he'd already I'm not seven, in the studio right now. Even, I'm not in my studio. Even so, though. Even so. <laughs> let's say it's seven. Who cares? Seven yeah. straight NBA finals. That's insane. That's insane. I, that's I insane. know that, that people our age will never Different get the teams. Mic. That's what's even cooler about mm-hmm. it. You yeah, know? That's Give the insane. guy props. It's like this one is uh, not with the you know best three players in basketball on his team yeah. or anything. Like he's he's putting in his work. He's paying his dues. He's doing it in Cleveland, which ridiculed him when he left. Yeah. And had and then had to embrace him when he said, "I'm putting the city on my back. I'm doing it." You know yeah. that storyline itself. Give you know should should make everybody a LeBron fan at heart in some ways. I know that nobody definitely, our age is definitely. ever going to get off the Michael Jordan is the best ever train, but arguably, I I'm I am I LeBron James is the best NBA basketball player ever. He's so freaking amazing, dude. I don't know. So Sometimes I better. go back and watch Jordan highlight. I still actually, will, I'll throw on some like just Google like YouTube Jordan highlights, and you'll you'll be like, wow, Jordan, you will be amazed. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a reason yeah. that everyone says he's been the best player for West yeah. so this far after his career. But I'm I I I'm I, LeBron's better, dude. LeBron is so much better. He well, is. I mean, they just have it's such a, hard, a different, it's a different game. game. It's a they different, have such yeah, a different style of tough. game. But LeBron, LeBron can literally play all five positions. He can play any single position on the court. I don't know you that know, Jordan it, couldn't though. Jordan could play them all too. Yeah, he could well, play he center couldn't post up like that. Yeah, he no couldn't way. post up. There weren't no there way. were centers back then. There's no centers now. But he would back in. You would watch him back in. He would dunk against over those a, guys. He, he backed in them. against he, a guard, dude. Against a guy who was supposed to be guarding. Yeah, he him. wasn't as beastly. He's not as beastly. He's not LeBron backing is, it against like if Tim they Duncan. switched. He, if they switched, they did. No, if he Look. switched, he drove it maybe, but not back. Yeah. Le- <laughs> LeBron is the Cam Chancellor of the NBA. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I He's would just pay Steph pure Curry. brick. His muscles are made of bricks yeah. and mortar. He's so and dope, dude. He's so good. He I don't even want to watch. like him. I don't. <clears throat> I'm not a LeBron fan, really. He's just you can't deny how incredibly so good he is. What do you think is going to happen in the finals? I think Golden State is going to win, and the Cavs might only win one game. Whoa, one game! Yeah. I unless the Durant. unless the NBA conspiracy is just that real, and if it goes to seven games, it's completely rigged. Golden State is playing now. LeBron is playing amazing basketball, and he is incredible. But Golden State is—it's an all-star team. I mean, they're they're playing an all-star team. And it's yeah, an all-star team that's been practicing and playing together all year. They look year. so good right now. I mean, they it's just, like the Globetrotters <clears throat> yeah. turned real. I mean, they blow, Durant, they Durant blow is teams ridiculous. out. They blow teams out when they look like they're not even playing well together. Like they don't. They have games where they look yeah. like awkward as teammates. Like they're still trying to figure out who gets the what touches, and they still blow teams out. Like. I like yeah. the thing that they all do now. Like that, there's so many uh, memes on the internet about, which is like. They shoot it up from like half court or three, three ball land, and then they just turn and run back because they don't even have to watch for it to go in and yeah. whatnot. It's just like 
so so Harlem Globetrotters to me. Dude, and the thing is, is they got like four guys that can do that right now. Like Draymond yeah. Green can hit threes. Clay Thompson. Durant can hit threes. Clay Thompson. Uh, Curry. It's kind of ridiculous. Their team is. And it's no longer live and die by the three like it was a couple of years ago. I feel like now they they I mean with Durant Higgins like oh I'll take it inside now too. So yeah, they're threading, but they, but they they're still have two the of the best three point shooters in the league right now, and they have the best three point shooter ever in Curry. I mean he is the best three point shooter I've ever seen. Do they? You know what's funny? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, do they? This is you're gonna hate this. Do they need to move the hoop to eleven feet tall? I mean, is something need to happen? Because 150 points a game, I don't know. No, you, guys, you guys, you guys, you guys <laughs> no are thinking that it's all fun and games, like it's all great. <laughs> but I'm still over here hating on this NBA thing. No, I, I, I my prediction for what's going to happen is you go to for what's going to happen in the next series is you go to Las Vegas and you see what the odds are and who's going to make <clears> the most money, and that's what's going to happen. <laughs> the best part about this podcast is I know from, you know, Creston and I both know, Chisler watches one sport. It's not even football. He watches Seahawks. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> love the Red Zone channel. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I watch That's every actually, touchdown yeah. See, all over the, the league. Chisler actually. He's the definitional fantasy football <laughs> NFL fan. I wrote yeah. a rap he song called Fantasy, Fantasy yeah. Made a Fan of Me because I, I wasn't even allowed to play football growing up, FYI. I could I could not my parents forbid me from playing organized football. So I of course hated it. I was a skater. I rode yeah. my skateboard skateboard around and you know flipped off all the football players and then I got into fantasy football and I devoured f- football from then on. Well, it, I do actually remember that because I was still I mean I've been a sports fan my whole life and I remember watching this when you know Hasselback it to that was it 2005 when they were in the Super Bowl or yeah, I was so jacked up, and I don't even think you cared. I was like, "Yo, Seahawks from the Super Bowl," and you're like, "I don't care." It wasn't until you started playing fantasy that, seriously, Chisler never cared about any sport <clears throat> until like until fantasy, runs, and all of a sudden he knows every podcast. player. <laughs> yeah, now he knows. Yeah, exactly. Now he knows all the guys. He's got all these opinions. <laughs> it's, I told you, it's like he's it's like collecting baseball cards, man. You tell me there's a way I can make money on it. Uh, and I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> All I gotta say is like, especially I, if it's I, I like taking basketball. your money. If it's taking your I'm money, happy. I'm extra there. After the Sonics did get dropped or whatever, which is sucks stolen. because basically Durant stolen. I should say it was a. I, ugh, I don't want to talk about it. That's, I love, that's a whole I, other podcast. I did watch should, basketball in do, the heyday. Let's do, let's do a podcast on Sonics Gate. Yeah. I would love to do. But that. but. But I'll have to say, I did boycott the uh, NBA for a few years. Me like, too. I didn't even watch one game. I didn't know what was going on. And just in the last few years with Steph Curry and, Le- well, LeBron's always kind of kept me interested. I have to say, though, this year's been great. Like you were saying, with Kawhi Leonard is incredible, Isaiah Thomas and uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, Durant. I mean, there's so many Ginobili. fun players to watch. Yeah, Ginobili. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he retired. Just name me You think he's going to do another season? 
<laughs> I think you should do one more. I mean, that was whack that Kawhi couldn't play. He's one of my favorite players yeah. right now. I really, and I feel bad for Isaiah Thomas he, not being able to finish the uh, series either. He's one of my favorite players as well. And I know that they, they, they were like, look, dude, we're going to come here next year. They're going to go there next year. Are they? I don't know, actually. They, they, they like won Murray. the lottery, dude. They have the number one pick in the I draft. I know. And Murray, they got that young kid Murray from uh, Seattle as well. He's sick. Did you see him last yeah. night? That kid is fast and smooth and got so many so much talent. Like he's gonna be a huge player. And he's twenty years old. Yeah. He well, looks he like was a, a child. He's a, he was a husky. He was University of Washington. Yep. I watched his tiny. whole season like, last year. He's skinny, like I mean he really isn't that big yet. Like he like give him a year in the in the weight room, he still needs to mature and do like a man. The and he's bi- gonna the, be ridiculous. The, the biggest thing with him that's gonna be so dope for Isaiah Thomas. Is that he is? There's no flaw in that kid's game. He could do everything that you would no, ever ask. He's him. incredible, dude. Anything you would ever ask a point guard to do. Now, little if yeah. for for hardcore UW fans, uh, University of Washington basketball Husky fans, where Isaiah Thomas played, they know that Isaiah Thomas plays a fantastic number two guard. He played off of uh, the point guard when Abdul Gaddy was there in UW playing point guard, and he is an incredible two guard. And so if Boston can get this, yeah, he's, if Boston get the, get this kid as their point guard and put Isaiah as the two guard, you would have one of the better one two guard combos scoring and handling the ball in the NBA. They'd be amazing together. Definitely. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in my prediction, a real prediction here, and I All actually right. I'm gonna back it up with one kind of point, uh, and that's. I'm going to say LeBron wins, or the Cavs win, and they beat the, they beat Golden State. And the reason I say that is because we saw it last year, and um, this is something I, I grew up knowing about myself, all right? I would play one-on-one basketball with my dad all the time. I would play golf, and golf is like a, a sport where you're against yourself, you're yep. not you're not uh, competing against other people. You're really competing against the course and yourself. Yep. And what I learned through my sporting um, career growing up was I don't have a killer instinct. So I would play one on one with my dad. That and, is definitely true. And we would go to you know <laughs> we'd go to like play to ten. First, first one to ten wins, and if you if you tie or you know uh, you have to keep playing. You have to win by two. And I just would get to that point. We'd be neck and neck. And then my dad would take over and he'd put me out. And I would lose time and time again at the very end of the game. And he was just like, you got to get that killer instinct. You got to get that killer instinct. And he, would, <laughs> he was trying to teach it to me. And I just couldn't do it. And then same thing happened in golf. I couldn't get to that end point where I was like, I have to bury this other person. Or I have to, you know, get to the, to the top. And when I think of LeBron versus I think of the Golden State Warriors, I know for a fact the Warriors haven't gone to the end with that killer instinct and i know who has and lebron james has he knows what it takes to win that final game they did last year for sure yes if they if they rig it and it goes to seven you know which i think they will that's what i'm going to say oh who's got the killer instinct who's going to put it away who's going to take it to the final minute the final play the final shot it's going to be somebody like lebron okay so that's a fascinating uh I like that take, uh, Chiz. That's good. And so, well, no, but I, I, I want to I spin us around on just a perspective um, 
you know, change here and say that you get into the human mind of, of Steph Curry. So Steph Curry, best player in the NBA last year from, you know, most statistics situations, hot all year, amazing, going in and loses. Now he has that taste. He has that fire. He knows what it feels like to lose a finals. And I he has he, the taste of losing. You're right. No, he, he has the taste of <laughs> being that close and not getting it. And I think he knows what it's going to take to get it. Like, I think he knows I'm never going to let that happen again. Like, I'm not going to. So I think Steph Curry is going to come back with that fire. I think he's going to come in and say, uh, uh-uh, that's not happening again. I'm too good for that to happen again, especially considering he has a super team around him. You think, I agree you think with that Presti, that happens, actually. but I think it's the opposite. Is like until you win, you don't know what it takes. Because keep in mind, LeBron lost his finals before he won. Yeah. Like he had they, the same thing. Lost, LeBron lost, got there, found out what it took to win, went and played with with a All Star super LeBron team. Lost so three finals. Win. Yeah, I know. right. Yeah, he's lost three finals. Yeah. Three. I okay. mean, and, uh, All right. and Steph's I'll, only I'll lost one. Again, but, but I love the perspective. I actually, this is one of the few times that I'm going to agree with Krusty because, uh, oh, blasphemy. I know, it's weird, but it's, <laughs> yeah, I think he's right. I do think he's right because uh, I do think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough. Uh, you with, think it goes Durant now? to seven? I mean, it was already like last year, like the fact that they lost. I mean, they were down by th- I don't even know how they lost by down by three. I, I was very happy for Cleveland, but in general, though, like they should have lost last year. There was no way they had that game. And, that was such and, a meltdown. In my opinion, Golden State blew it. They didn't win it. Although with with uh, with LeBron's like rundown, coast to coast block, you know that was pretty epic. And in general, though, I do think that. It's gonna be a blowout with Golden State as well. But um, nice. anyway, nice. I think how many, I think how many do Cleveland win? How many do you think? How many games? Is I think Cleveland? Cleveland wins. I think they win two. Okay. I think they win at least two, like couple at home. But I, I, I think it's gonna be. I think when they go in there, Kevin Durant wants his so bad. He wants to win yeah. one so bad. Yeah. He's like, and he's so good. Like, I don't think he's going to choke. I think he's going to have swag. I think they're all going to go out there and just destroy them. That's a good point. Um, I'd put more of the win on Durant's shoulders than I would Durant on, on Curry's. Durant is so good. He I needs one, too. He I'd really put it on Durant's shoulders. When it comes down to it, I believe he could deliver better. He than might and have if, one if Durant fire, wins one. Curry, Curry's the best player on that team by far. Yeah. Well, the way I look at it, though, if Durant wins one, Seattle kind of wins one, right? No, no, don't you say that. No. So I'm going to start a little thing as I've been doing the beer reviews. Every it, this will only happen every once in a while, but uh, I'm going to call this Krusty's Seattle Sports Dumbasses. So uh, stories of just Seattle athletes doing weird, stupid, sometimes sad and unfortunate things that probably ruin their career and stuff like that. But but the <laughs> But my favorite one of all time is the Great Maple Bar uh, extravaganza. Uh, so you are Golden Tate, and you are a rookie signed by the Seahawks. You move into to Seattle, and you choose to live in, like, downtown, Pioneer Square area, down by the cool Top Pot Donuts down there. And for anyone who hasn't been to Seattle, Top Pot Donuts, bomb, bomb oh, donut place. So, so good. good. And... Um, so and crazy is that as a, as a rookie for the Seahawks has all this money, you know, and he he moves into a building that is actually shares a hallway with Top Pot Donuts. So he Lucky comes man. home at he comes home at three a.m. from being out 
Good choice, rookie. Um, nothing good happens after midnight. Mike Holmgren <laughs> always used to say that. Um, but he comes home at 3 a.m. And the and the door to Top Pot Donuts, like, into their back baking store area or whatever, is, like, cracked open, right? Just, like, slightly cracked open. But it's a business, and he knows that. And he knows they're not open. And so him and his buddies just roll in and decide, you know what? I want a maple bar right now. And so they just roll into the place, push the door <laughs> open, go in and just start grabbing maple bars. Well, the okay. workers... The workers Krusty, were there. is this like your dream? Is this like, is this where, <laughs> if you could live anywhere in the world, would you live next to the door to Top Pod Donuts? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, I would. Give me a nice beer shop in one door and Top, top oh, Pod yeah, Donuts yeah. in the other door. To the left uh, is the beer shop. And the right but is so, the so Golden Tate, you know, 3 a.m. Maple Bar Donut to finish up what I'm sure was a really fun night. And they roll in and... So, but there's, there's employees in the front of the store because it's a bakery, you know, so they're in there early, early. And so the employees call the cop, the owner, the owner calls the cops. So the cops show up, but the kind of funny, hilarious part to this is after they realized who he was and that he lived in the building, the top pot donuts kind of just played it off. No charges were pressed. Like everyone joked about it. He got a warning from the cops, but they let him go. And the funny thing is that he actually went on and connected with the owner of Top Pot Donuts and did like commercials for them. And like they were like buddies and like they were like promoting (laughs) Top Pot Donuts like with him and stuff. And like it was such a funny, like just random stupid like, you'll even risk your whole career yeah, for our donuts think about <laughs> think about how dumb of a decision that was because what if the top pot donut guys had been not cool about it and you get arrested for breaking and entering or what and it wouldn't be you know but whatever a trespassing if nothing else and right. and you're a rookie you know your whole career just boom, gone, you know or what not gone oh. but you would have had that hanging over you anywhere you go after that so that's my uh, the 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 maple bar uh, ordeal to start Golden Tate's career. You know what I love about that is I feel like Golden Tate they should have named a donut after him after that. I mean, <laughs> his, his name sounds like an amazing donut. What what, I wanna, fla- what flavor is a bar, Golden Tate? I'll have a Golden Tate. I'll have a you know it's got to be it's got to be frosted with some yellow frosting on it. <laughs> <laughs> so what what's your least favorite sport? I mean, this is a tough one for me because I, you know, we've talked about this before, and and I actually I can't I'm gonna go last because I can't think of my least favorite sport. Let's just start with Chisler. Well, okay, uh, this I'll you know I only have like you've already called me out on it. I only really watch football, and then I only really watch the Seahawks. So <laughs> there's a certain moment in football that just drives me so crazy and makes me. I, I have to turn it off as soon as it happens. But when somebody gets injured in football, I lose it. I just start. I, I think I'm. Yeah, you do actually. Every man, time somebody like goes down, out. I'm like, oh, we just witnessed the first death on the field. I just instantly yeah, go you there. Freak out. My head always goes there. I freak out. I'm like, oh, there's yeah. a death on the field. So I'm going to spin that and say my least favorite sport is boxing because boxing to yes. me takes that facet of football that I just despise and it just is gut-wrenching and it's just that's the whole foundation of the freaking sport is to just knock somebody to the point where they 
you are scared that they won't get up, that they could die. And it's happened. It's happened in boxing. So You don't like the craftsmen of it? Like the like the art of boxing is pretty incredible to me. I don't like, I don't see like, any art in it. I do think that Muhammad Ali is an amazing, you know, character in, in American history and boxing gave him that platform. But other than that, I almost see no redeeming value in the sport of boxing. It just is like it's for poor people to beat each other up and for rich people to watch. And it makes me disgusted. <laughs> I love, but I love watching like all those old Mike Tyson fights, like just like the way that he was in the ring and I his, will. his fast, how quick he was. And just the way he was like the rhythm of it. I, I just, I find something really fascinating about boss boxing. I, I kind of feel you though. Cause it is a little like, I don't like people getting beat up either and like getting hit down, but I, I do like watching like something really like I like people at at the height of their craft, you know, doing something special and, and I Yeah, I, I guess will say why. that I, I I can respect the the discipline of boxing or the the discipline yeah. it takes to be a top level boxer. Like it's incredible yeah. how much they have to, to give to do it, you know, work to do it. Um and I do think that I personally Boxing impacts me much less than MMA. I think MMA is the stupidest thing that is ever. I hate MMA. It's so I guess and dumb. I guess it's like my same argument to, times. Go from, that, from yeah. Go go from hitting somebody with a padded glove to choking them out until they might just yeah. die. Or like knocking that, them out with your foot that has no padding is just yeah, or, bone or on, bone on their bone. arm or something. You know what I mean? I I see no no point in that. The mentality of an MMA like when I see people wearing like MMA t-shirts and stuff, I just think to myself, oh, okay, so you're just like not an evolved or like intelligent human being in any way, shape, or form. I but- used to live right near Key Arena, and there was one night in particular, like I, every concert that went happen that happened at Key Arena, you know, you'd look out, I'd look out my window, and I'd see, oh, there's all these, you know, teenage girls. So it must be, uh, you know, a Britney Spears concert or something is going on. Or uh, I'd see all these metal heads and I'd, oh, no, there's a metal concert going on at Key Arena. One night, I just saw all these dipshits who had no fucking clue about just the redneckiest people in all of society. And I was like, I'm, I'm afraid. I don't even want to go out, out there. They were all already hammered, already punching each other, pushing each other and just causing mayhem, just walking down the street. And then I was like, this is so weird. I have to look up what's going on. An MMA. Nickelback concert. An, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> An MMA fight at the arena. And I was just like, oh, my God. Get me the f- as far away from these people as possible. So yeah. shout, out yeah. to, shout out to judging yeah. people who like MMA. <laughs> yeah, well, I gotta say, hold on, Chisley. I didn't get to do my least favorite sport. Neither did you. You did. Me. You said MMA, by the way. No, yeah. I was commenting on Chisel. <laughs> Go ahead. My least favorite sport. Although before that, I just want to. Can we quickly address? <laughs> Can oh, we quick, no, super fast, super fast. And my Wait, sport will before be super we go fast there, too. I got three more points to make. Can we quickly? Well, you can't just shut me down. <laughs> we we can we quickly address all the sports that aren't sports? Like like I I get so fired up when people say NASCAR is a sport. Like NASCAR is not a sport. You're you're sitting on your butt driving. You're my one. I don't know. Dude. My That's stepdad just is so into NASCAR, and I just NASCAR is not a sport. 
Neither the is car, horse racing. It's the car easy to drive the a car doing the work. I don't care if it's not easy. It's not easy to design a computer either. That's not a sport. Like, yeah, just, but no, but there's no. It's not a competition to design a computer sure on TV. Okay, fine. No, is you're this, not trying to okay, beat fine. Is BattleBots a, a sport? I'll thing? take it to a competition. <laughs> is a spelling bee a sport? That's a competition. No, but that's different, though. That's not. That's like, not different. It's someone. I wins. totally agree. It's, it's all so about the not car. A sport. Neither is horse racing. Neither is like all this stuff where we just like as humans just strap ourselves to something and go fast is not a sport. Like it's so look dread they're moving, racing. They're, all it's hand eye coordination. Hand eye coordination. Uh, moving and and stamina. Do you know how hard it is it? Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to like build freaking concrete skyscrapers and work 16 hours a day. It I, takes guarantee a lot of you lose, I guarantee you don't lose 10 pounds. Those those NASCAR guys lose 10 pounds in one race. Because yeah, okay. they okay. so, 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 so. a car for five hours because they're idiots. Is drone racing saying. a sport? Yes. No, See. it is not. Hand-eye coordination, coordination, bro. I don't know. That's like saying in basketball, like your shoe is more important than your free throw. Like that's what no, NASCAR, saying, NASCAR is saying. Your car is more important than anything. I'm just saying you're trying to definitely you're trying to define what a sport is. I mean, I think it's pretty broad. I don't think you can like narrow it down to whatever you think it is. I'm defining I mean, it. I'm- it's like saying what's a musical instrument, in my opinion. Like is is a is a is a turntable a musical instrument? Do we need to like talk about this? But I mean, people still want to argue that it's not, and I still right, think it is. Right. And, it's the all same right, argument. Right. I mean, how far can you go with it? I mean, whatever it is, I well, think is bowl, I don't is think it's a good argument. Sport? Is that one? Yes, definitely. It's a sport. way more than NASCAR. Bowling is way more oh. sport than NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, yeah, you don't lose ten pounds and you don't sweat when you lose, bowl. But like, <laughs> sweating does not make it a sport. I can sit in a sauna and sweat. That doesn't make it a sport. All hey, right, there's but professional sauna. I said I would keep it short. <laughs> My least favorite sport is not going to make either two of you happy because you both love it, I think. But I think golf is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Have you ever golfed? Have you <laughs> ever have tried golfed, golf? I've golfed probably 15, 20 times in my life. I'm definitely Golfing is one of the best sports in I'm my I'm definitely opinion. terrible at it. <laughs> but and, and I've watched quite a few Masters and all that kind of stuff. But I still think it is the most boring, like... Rich people with too much money waste. I just, it is such a dumb sport. It is so. I'll stupid. agree with you. I'll agree that it is a very elite sport. But at the same time, it's a really difficult sport to play. Oh, it's super and hard. I, I appreciate those guys like watching them. I can't even believe how they do it. I think there's it's too just, much emphasis on the equipment boring. nowadays. There's way too much e- emphasis on the equipment. Like, the fact that you have to have like a, a three iron and a four iron and a five iron and a six iron and a seven iron. I mean, what are you just, talking about? It's, it's out I, of control. I mean, you should be able to get by with three clubs and just that, you know, like hone it down. Like it's just getting excessive. And, and that's all yeah, the, but like, well, let's, I, say, let's say you have a shitty drive and you're like, you're like three, five, 305 out and you're like, okay. You Do take a little off. Iron? No, you <laughs> see, you have one club that goes far, and oh, then you okay. swing it lighter. You know, like that's what you do. You don't have to swing the. You know, anyway. Right, I, I, I like golf. But I like playing it, but I don't love golf. Anymore. Can you? Can you guys like? Can you guys honestly just at this age in life 
Can you honestly, I'm speaking from a fan standpoint with golf. Can you honestly just like sit down and watch a golf tournament and be enthralled? Yes. All that I've one watched day. last weekend. Oh one, no I can way. I can do I can do one day and honestly my whole it's growing so up was turning over and looking at my dad who was asleep snoring <laughs> while we were watching golf <laughs> and then I would be like, Oh, I'm gonna turn the channel and I would turn it and he would his eyes would open and he'd be like, Hey, don't turn the channel. I was watching that. I was like, there's no way <laughs> there's no way you were watching that. I was listening to you snore. So yeah, I mean I can see that it's a it's a nice lazy Sunday kind of a thing to watch, but like, that's about I it. I feel like the people who make the argument for like soccer or baseball being slow and boring, like golf is like fifty times more boring, like fifty times. Well, look, I've heard soccer fans be like, "How can you watch golf?" And honestly, I think golf is way more interesting to watch than soccer. And I've watched a lot of soccer because I'm overseas all the time. And if you don't know what it's like to travel in the world, it's oh, for all sure. soccer. The rest of the world, all they watch is soccer and cricket. So, But at least it's fun I, to be a fan at a soccer game. Like, soccer game fan, it's fun to be a fan. It's loud. It's fun. It's involved. At, at golf, you literally can't cheer. They, like, shoot yeah. you. Like, a sport where they don't want you to celebrate something good happening. Krusty, I don't know what you're saying. Like, so now the sport is if you can yell while it's happening. Is well, that, no, is that but, a sport? From a, but from a fan experience, isn't it more fun? You can yell at a NASCAR game all you want. Yeah, but it's not a sport, so we're not talking about things that aren't a sport. <laughs> That's, you can't look. You can't yell at a tennis match. Is that a, is that a sport? Yeah, it's a sport, but it's kind of a boring one, also. You can't yell at tennis. <laughs> I like tennis actually. I love the one-on-one competitiveness of tennis, and it's fast. It's it's action-packed. It's fast. There's stuff going on. Like tennis has everything that golf doesn't have. The only thing I'll say for golf, just last little final nail in the coffin on golf. Solo and I are not the best uh, to judge golf because of where we grew up. The course that we played literally cost me three dollars for nine holes. Six dollars for eighteen. So we grew up in a place where <coughs> golf was not an elitist, rich person only no, true sport, and therefore our whole sentiment of it is jaded in a way that most people isn't. You know, most people don't have access to a nice golf course. I won't say ours was nice, but uh, we they don't they don't have access <laughs> to an holes. affordable golf course so we grew up with it being kind of really easy and accessible and i think that's probably golf's biggest challenge is how inaccessible it is i played golf at that course that you guys are talking about one time one of the few times i've played golf i played golf at that course with like one of the guys playing with me which was my stepdad's buddies was barefoot and wearing a budweiser tank top (laughs) dude i used to play that course uh uh, shirtless all the time and just just didn't care i'm just like oh, nobody, playing nobody golf? Cared. oh nobody take that cared. shirt off and you're like how like second hole you're like oh you know what now i now when i go there i'm like i think that's pretty pretty uh pretty trashy just no i played a, i played a bunch of courses that had a dress code you had to have a collared shirt oh, yeah and you oh, had yeah. to have slacks <laughs> okay what's your what's your sport solo uh well least favorite. you know Obviously, I like I'm defending every sport. Like I don't even whether it's like (laughs) whether it's air hockey or pool or whatever. I guess I'm just anything to me. I feel like anytime you're competing, it's like it's a sport. Not 
aside from music or you know or dance or anything. Um, oh wait, wait, dance a, isn't a sport. Dance is more of a sport than NASCAR. No, I'm just saying like there's no there's no there's no goal there's no goal there's no winner or loser here like in dance and, and music it's like it's all an opinion based on some judge who's sitting there like oh yeah that was better than the other person I I don't like those as sports um, especially with like in the Olympics when it comes to like diving or gymnastics and I love gymnastics I I actually love it but it's still at the end of the day if someone or or I should say figure skating at the end of the day if someone's like judging you obviously if they fall. Then you know, okay, we yeah. got to deduct some points. But like, if everybody's flawless, and then it, then they just just judges it like, well, they had a little bit more of this. I don't really buy that. But um, right now, for some reason, and, and this is happening on ESPN. I don't know if you guys have been noticing this, but they have their top ten plays of the week. Ultimate Frisbee is making this list every <laughs> week. Have you noticed this? Awesome. What the f*** is Ultimate Frisbee doing on the top tens of the world sporting sporting highlights of the week? Okay, we got baseball. We got basketball. Hockey is in playoffs. We've got highlight, whatever. We've got tennis. We've got anything. But somehow Ultimate Frisbee is making the top ten every week, and that really pisses me off because... <laughs> I'm not into that as a sport. Now, my dad has been playing it once a week now, and he's 70 years old. I will say it's one of my favorite sports to play. I play it all the time. Yeah, I got it. You know what? And I'll have to say this. I want to play it because it looks really fun. It's fun I as just got to say, I got to say right now it's my least favorite Doesn't sport. Doesn't it seem like it's like amateur hour, though? I mean, there's like, even as most professional as you could ever be, you're just copying football in an amateur way. It's more soccer. It's more soccer, really. It's more soccer. Is it? Okay. I thought they they line up like football. No, no, no. no. It's all free form like soccer. No, but you can't run with it. You just throw it on the ball. But but there's no plays. There's no like timeout or plays or like lining up. It's like soccer where you're just like all over the field, back and forth, back and forth. Okay. It strictly seems amateur hour to me. Like it's it's like a thing that you do to get exercise. You join a club that plays ultimate frisbee to get exercise and meet people. It's like more social. The funny thing, Chisler, is that you live in Seattle, which Seattle happens to be the number one professional uh, ultimate frisbee city in America. <laughs> Well, you I'm don't like out. NASCAR, but you know that <laughs> Ultimate Frisbee is the number one. I have a, I have a whole bunch of friends who play like professional Ultimate Frisbee in Seattle. They travel nice. all over and stuff. It's crazy. Well, maybe next time I'm in Seattle, we can uh, we can we can yeah let's try to go that. watch one of those games. Guys, I gotta say it's been a good eight episodes, but uh, this probably be the last one for a little while. I gotta take a little break. I gotta go make some money. Going on tour next week for eight weeks. Going on tour. Wow. And I don't, I don't think we'll be able to do anything. I mean, I really, it's going to be tricky, right? Yeah. Are you going to be upset if we have to, we have to get a a substitute host? Are you going to be? Yeah. I mean, if you guys can make it happen, I can't. uh, I don't think it'll. I mean, we we might be able to get a couple in when I'm over there, but like, I won't be able to edit it and make it sound nice because I can't. I have to be back in my studio, but um. Man, I'm kind of bummed. Actually, it's all good. So, well, we and we've been we've been going hard. Pre- yeah, we've been putting them out at a good clip. So, listeners, it'll it'll yeah. be understandable. We're kind of in a 
in a little bit of a slow sports uh, uh, tick here anyway with the Mariners just being dog manure now and, and a little bit of football yeah. quiet. So we'll, we'll, we'll pick back up when we can and, and we'll keep it going when we can. So Yeah, when I get back, we'll get back at it and uh, we'll keep this going. But yeah, it's been nice this last eight episodes. But yeah, I'm going to have to say uh, I'm signing off for eight weeks. My job makes it next to impossible also for the next couple months but it's been a pleasure gentlemen nice night tonight nice work definitely peace peace